Hey guys, for the extra Sunday content, as well as bonus weekly content on top of that, go to our Patreon link in the description and find the Black Kluge tier or higher and subscribe. Yeah. Anybody, um, any engineers want to pop on? Tell me why Robin can't hear me. I can hear you now. Can you hear me? I don't even know if I'm on the air right now. So, Howard, you were you were not being heard by anybody. I guess I'm not. Hello? I can't. I don't know if he can hear you now. Can you hear me? I, I can hear you right now. Now you just froze. The Howard Stern Show. See, I had a weird, confusing early sexual fantasy, and I was always mystified by it. I was into the TV show Honey West. Yeah. And Francis. She was hot. Blonde, big boobs, the whole deal. And my mom got me a book, a Honey West book. And I was reading about it, and in one little page in the book, Honey West was like bound and gagged by a group of dudes. And they were going to do weird crap to her. <laughs> so I remember laying in bed as a little kid, imagining that I was Honey West strapped down in the bed, really? spread eagle. Now that's weird. So I said, wait a second, I might be gay. Really? Why do why you am I, want to be Honey West? Why am I identifying with Honey West? I think that's you're just a masochist. Strange. I think that's the thing. You know, you want to be tied down. I wanted to be tied down. Yeah. Like, who get like... I, uh, it dawned on me like two days ago. Who's it? Like my hair is going to get crazy because yeah. I, I don't have like a, I'm not going to get a haircut. And Beth goes, "I'll cut your hair," but you can't cut my hair because my my hair is curly. It's a you. It's you, hard to cut your hair. Would you do me a favor? Would you sure. pretend that I am Bahati? <laughs> Sitting here, I am, I'm going to be honest with you. It's hot in the garage. I'm wearing a bra top. I okay. My, and I only have panties on. I'm being honest. Can you go a little slower? Just talk about it. <laughs> Do you have underwear on under that rope? There ain't nothing gay about him. All right, like, the one main thing I was talking to these guys about yesterday, when we went to Las Vegas, it was three days of shows, porn stars, strippers, everything out there, right? Yeah. Howard starts off the show, his first observation is he saw KC down at the pool with his shirt off. Like, uh, his first observation. Yeah, but what, what, you don't lie, Five hours later. <laughs> and why are you eating home fries? You're getting a little bit of a belly. Oh, oh, look at talk. You know I like my girls shaved. <laughs> Make it out with the guy in the back seat. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it was at that time, Howard. It was another time. It was like he was just on the side, of the, like he was in front of his house making out with the guy. Oh, they couldn't even get indoors. No, they were on the street. But wait, what is this about the book? He's caught. <laughs> I think Ralph really did this. Did you make out with a, ki- a guy? Oh, wow. What happened? No, wow. Are you high? No, this is... <laughs> I was I was gay way before I met Beth. <laughs> Welcome, guys, to QF Podcast about Howard Stern. I'm Fillmore, a.k.a. Jim Fix, and with me is Sam for the ride. And we're going to continue this Jackie, uh, sorry, this uh, Robin Cleveland book signing thing. We hope you guys have enjoyed the first part. Sam, what do you, what do you uh-huh. remember? What's yeah, your favorite were... part of the first half? <laughs> My favorite part is, hmm... I think it's just the fact that she abruptly just gets up like she can't handle the heat for five minutes Mm -hmm. and she's very haughty when like, I just couldn't, I couldn't, I got there a half an hour. Like she's very short and with them, like I left a half an hour and then all of a sudden it's like. I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm exhausted. So so here's the question. I'm exhausted. How am I supposed to know? <laughs> I mean, your whole job is just to go to one book signing. How are yeah. you supposed to know? You are. 
Well, the question I have for you is, would it have been better for her to get just really angry on the spot, stay in studio and just shut him down with her anger and her rage? Or do you think it's more entertaining for us the fact that she walked out and the Howard TV people are able to go and film her in their in that office? Well, I'll tell you what, I've had a crazy person at work who Mm -hmm. was just an irrational psycho. Like one day she was nice and then all of a sudden she became nuts Mm -hmm. and she would talk and mumble to herself to the point where she started swearing at people and just under her breath and just being crazy. I mean, like literally crazy. And then one day she just snapped. And when the day she snapped, that's when everybody stayed the fuck away from her. Like, (laughs) You don't want to deal with crazy. So you're no, just like, you don't. I'm running away from this situation. I'm not going to talk about it because I do not want to be, you know, workplace violence. Yeah. So you just I think if she would have went bananas on them, that kind of shuts them up because you really a loose cannon scares the fuck out of me. Well, yeah. And I think they were getting closer to the point where she I don't know. They, she says it in the book, but it she doesn't put enough weight behind it. And Howard certainly doesn't discuss it enough that she started controlling herself a little more. But had she continued on that path of just being a raging, like venomous, angry, mean, awful coworker, they want they probably would have let her go at some point. I think so. I think that she had, you know how she says, oh, I went to therapy and it whatever changed my life. I think there was an ultimatum given. I think mm-hmm. they probably said, you know, you're this close to being shit canned if you yeah. don't stop treating the employees like dirt. Yeah, it would be an HR thing. Not, not even just like Howard's pissed off or something. It would be just a question of like, look, we get too many complaints from people. We had it. This woman was so paranoid that uh, like somebody went to her mailbox and took a piece of mail that wasn't theirs by accident. And she went absolutely ballistic. I mean, they put the mailbox, they put the mail back when they realized, oh, I grabbed the wrong thing. And it wasn't opened. It wasn't open. Nothing. She went Ballistic. I've never seen anybody. It was just like she obviously had some mental problems since then. She changed offices like she went to a different unit and she Mm. failed her probation there. So now she's coming back next week and I'm scared for my life. Lovely. Bring some bring some mace or something. Bring handcuffs. Yeah. Well, yeah, Yeah, but but maybe it was tired. You know, you had to fly back and sit in traffic. (laughs) (laughs) So She only had all day Sunday to recover. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but you don't know. You, you're not you in her know. shoes, in, in, quite, in all That's fairness. True. That's right. That's true. And you're not tired. Do you want me to hold the door open or something? <laughs> no, I mean, if Robin needs her space, then you got to give it to her. Listen, traveling from California to New York, I understand mm-hmm. being tired. Traveling from Cleveland to New York City? <laughs> Nothing. It's a piece of piss. I mean, domestic flight, domestic flights. Actually, I don't have any problem. Like even the, the 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 most tedious thing about it is just the hour and something before and the hour and something afterwards. Like getting if you have to take luggage, if you brought that much stuff with you and you have to wait for it, uh, waiting yeah, in line, the plane you know, ride, all, all the tedious I, tran- uh, transit stuff. You know, the plane ride itself is not but, exhausting. But even back then, though, it was travel was much easier. I I mean, I've taken baths longer than that. <laughs> I just read they're, they're they're planning on coming up with 3D scanners that will make it so that they 
don't have to require that stupid 100 milliliter thing, uh, like that requirement that everything be in a plastic bag, all the liquids have to be under 100 milliliters, which is, you know, God bless them, because that was such a fucking pain in the ass. Oh, um, so there. So what do you mean? So that like you you'll be able the plastic to go, bag. You won't have to have the plastic bag thing. They'll literally have the thing uh, needed to scan whether or not some liquid has whatever it was nitroglycerin or something that oh. people were trying to use the one time to uh, to uh, to blow up a plane. And um, I mean, I've well, I've lost so many. <laughs> I lost enough toothpaste toothpaste in the in the interim before I realized okay they're really serious about this because the other thing is when it happened after nine eleven. Um, and it lasted for a long time. They some pe- some flights they were not diligent about it. Some flights, Christ, I can't tell can't tell you how many times my wife got on board with a lighter, and they missed it. <laughs> That's you hilarious. Know? Yeah, it's just, I mean it's a little disturbing. A Swiss Army knife I managed to get through. So I mean, it, you know, it's it's a little it's a little per- perturbing. So better That's just to get rid of that. Yeah, I mean, better just to get rid of the TSA altogether, in my opinion. <laughs> That's our business. That's our business. I can't interfere with that. Sometimes people need space. Lord knows I need some space. <clears throat> when you walk off. If I walk off, that'll be it. And then that'll be the end of the show. Probably when I can turn it off, the show might fall apart in a few minutes. No. Man, this is uh, this is just shades of that fucking Sally Jesse uh, Raphael appearance because except that she's she's holding it together better than she did there but at the same time it's bubbling under i wonder when it comes out where it comes out and who's get who's the recipient of her fucking anger after this uh she's seething yeah she is but who you know who it could, gets taken out on <laughs> gets taken out <laughs> on that girl who answers the phone <laughs> at oh, her yeah. apartment oh man that was something else <laughs> guys that, that's in relation to and i've i've called the episode um for those of you who are not on patreon this it's called uh, Be- uh beth's secret stash and uh volume one and <laughs> that's the episode where we're, we're referencing this so check that out if you get a chance this is cut number three I must take a break. And uh, obviously, Robin has uh, bowed out of the show today. Which is, <laughs> there's always something unusual going on every day on this program. Intrigue. This is this is the I'm, first time ever she's done this. I'm I'm very shocked. I think it's you know the book thing was a lot of pressure and I think a lot of pressure. Yeah. A lot of, the signings. What a fucking egomaniac behind every wall. If you're not looking at him. Behind that extra mic for people to come in, there's a big private parts thing. And then behind Robin, there's that Leroy Neiman painting of him that came. <laughs> you really like uh, need that Howard Stern Museum, right? Because that he really thought this was all going to be valuable. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, just the whole thing, you know, putting the whole book together. Maybe she ought to. Is it? Did it this, not, I mean, I don't know. Is that what she told you? Well, she said, I mean, she said it was a lot of work putting right. the whole book together. Right. And, you know, I guess it's just a, I just, you know, there's a lot writing on it for her. Right. Sell a lot of books. Well, that's what I was trying to do just now is it, sell a lot of books. It's for important her. to her. Right. 
Well, that's what I was just trying to do I, by uh, talking about them. Oh, be, by the way, that was a blind that just recently came out. I, I'll probably probably put it in one of the episodes as well um, with the, when the next big breakdown Raven and I do. But Matthew Perry wrote a book not too long ago detailing his alcohol addiction and pill addiction. Mm-hmm. And according to NT, the publishing company was not prepared to release it, much less sign him on. And give him whatever uh, advance for it, because unless he had a guarantee of someone who was able to buy 25,000 copies to ensure that it would be a bestseller. Wow. So he had to enlist a friend to pay for all these copies. And that's, I mean, that's not a little bit of money. I mean, that must mean that the publishing world. Half a million bucks at least. Well, the publishing world must have been hoodwinked by a lot of celebrity books. Oh yeah, and they're and they're now trying to you know kind of I guess canvas a little more and mm-hmm. you know I'm, well, I'm it's, sure it, it's not impossible. Even back in those days, it was not impossible, and probably in, in very likely many uh, celebrities just bought copies of their own book to ensure that it was a bestseller because that notoriety that's some that's a credit. That's something you oh, take yeah. with you somewhere, you know, best New York Times bestseller. And then I think Robin went on DeBella's show, John DeBella's show at the time or a years later. And um, that was years later. And she said, you really don't need many to sell many copies to get in the top 10. Um, you know, something like 12,000 the first week or whatever will get you in the top 10. Well, it's because there's not a lot of like notable celebrities who come out with books like every week, you know what I'm saying? Or authors. So it's not that hard if a new celebrity comes out with a book that week and there hasn't, you know, it's all about the release. And April. Yeah, exactly. If it's December, November, that's a different time because that's when a lot of them load up on it for Christmas purposes. Yeah. Yeah. The book. I get it. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> but what do you think? Is this a collapse for Robin? Is this back to, is this for the sequel of the book? Is this trying to... I think she's trying to write it. Because in the book, she says she used to do stuff like this, but she had stopped. You know, and she also might feel that, you know, we don't really give it to her that much. Right. And this has been a reason, you know, we did give her the polygraph. I wasn't giving her anything. I mean, this is, you know, she she was late for the book signing. I want to know why. She she seems very emotional, if I could say that. Really? Yeah. Well, listen, we'll give her some time to cool down. We're going to take a break and we'll be back right after these words. It's it's a strange excuse. You know, and and none of us on the show would be able to get away with that. When Jack, there was a a time when Jackie walked off the show one day. Jackie, we were hassling about something. Jackie got the impression that we were ganging up on him. And Jackie decided that he wanted to take a personal day. And Howard was pretty probing about it. What would happen if Baba Bowie decided to? I mean, you you just don't get to stop until it's explained to Howard and Robbins, you know, to the degree that they feel that you've given them the answer they want. God forbid you take a sick day. <laughs> what do you work for the railroad? <laughs> By the way, I love the love the diamond stud there, Carrie. <laughs> I was just gonna <laughs> say, hoop. is that an earring? There's two. Was, he's got I a hoop. Sure. He, he, he's got a hoop right here. You can almost you can barely make it out. And then he's got a stud there, which that I'm sorry, it looks kind of fruity. The f- most femi looking. It looks like a femi earlobe, but I'm like, what is happening here with this? I thought maybe because of the quality of the video, I was missing it. But no, nope. that is what it is. And nope. Jesus, where is your trimmers for that neck hair? The fuck <laughs> is going on? That's My brutal. God. And that yeah. color on him is brutal. It looks like Mustard. puke. Yeah. And they just stayed fucking relentless until then. Hi. 
Love that tone. <laughs> oh, nice dress, Grillo. So yeah. professional. <laughs> what is she doing? She's doing absolutely nothing. Like it literally she is. <laughs> she's she's really going over stuff that she already has done because she sorted out her whatever her news or someone already already's done it. But she's acting like it's busy work. Like, oh, you know, listen, looks- I'm in the trenches right now. <laughs> she looks like an architect going over schematics. Schematics. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be doing news. I guess you're going back in. <laughs> she's she's James Scott and thief trying to figure out the next vault bank bank vault heist. <laughs> she's planning the next skyscraper next door. <laughs> yeah. You got an update on Robin's condition? Where is she? No, I was just getting... And that guy's his stylist. <laughs> there were no warning bells went off then, that video. The shirt was oh. cut down to his down to his solar plexus. I swear to God, seventies movies look more comfortable than that. Yeah. What the fuck is happening? No kidding. Getting caught in, I heard her say that she's fine. She's, she's okay. She's too tired to do the show. She's not doing the show. No, no. I just heard her say she's tired. Oh. She's tired and isn't doing the show. <laughs> Ralph with those white <laughs> shorts and the white shoes is like very would look very in pl- not out of place on a rainbow cruise with Howard. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I didn't catch it all, but uh, she, she said she wasn't upset. She's just tired. Oh, but we're all tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. I would like yeah, to. We heard you. Too. I yeah. saw her Robin in the hallway, and she just, you know, everyone was asking her if she was well, okay. She's very calm. And she, everyone was asking her if she was okay, and she said, I'm just very tired, and I don't, don't want to, you know, get back. Robin. What? Don't get me wrong. She walks out, and then she made this decision. She loves being followed after and are you okay the yeah the attention what's sure. going on this this is this is a narc supply for her because now she's wanted now it's not about you being late for the book signing it's about we need robin back well it's yeah it's attention seeking but it's and also sympathy she's looking for sympathy and she also i mean Bowie's right in a sense when he was in his office saying this would be unacceptable from anyone else but she gets treated with kid gloves and why like how is this fair and he's got a point right i mean i he does have a point and only with robin though it's it's just like this sort of negative behavior garners attention in a positive narc way for her because people are concerned. Nobody would be concerned if stuttering John walked off the show. <laughs> right. And look, let's be realistic. They know why she's done this. They know why she's off there and they have to, you can hear even Howard when he speaks, he's sort of treading water. He's not nearly as vicious as he knows he could be and should be because, well, he's got to make, cause she, if he pisses her off, he knows his, his life is miserable. Well, again, we were talking about the crazy people at work. Mm -hmm. You don't 
if if one of them did something kind of out of the norm, like walk off the show like a Jackie or a stuttering John, you know they're not loose cannons to the point where your life is like really going to be miserable for a long time. It'll be mm. just a thing for a little bit. Yeah. With Robin, it could go on for months. You don't yes. know. She's yeah. crazy. I I, it str- I struggled to figure out if like if if even if, let's say a quarter of the stuff she talks about and they talk about is true. I'm surprised she wasn't institu- institutionalized. <laughs> I, I, I don't say that flippantly, but I mean, there's pe- like if you go off and you have to take a security person from the from the fucking from the compound out with you so you can scream at random passersby in the street. I mean, aside from yeah. getting your head knocked in. Like, why wouldn't some other people with the nets come over? <laughs> <laughs> like a dog catcher? <laughs> Load her up in the back of a fucking French door van. Um, padded, padded wagon. <laughs> you know what, though? It was so great is, you know, Judy Garland was clearly thought of as insane. And they took her kids away. And I don't know if it's right or wrong. I don't really know the ins and outs of her entire life. All I know is she was a pill popper, a drug user, but so were many celebrities. So fine. She had a really hard life, meaning in the world of Hollywood, you know, she she wasn't compensated properly. She worked her ass off compared to these fucking spoiled bitches. They gave her drugs and the studio supplied her with drugs to get her up, put her to sleep constantly, like like kickstarting a motorcycle. You listen to like anybody talk about Hollywood in those days. It was like almost mandatory to be shot up with fucking whatever to keep you go like a fucking workhorse. So I don't blame her for being insane, quite frankly, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) I do remember when Robin and Howard were listening to the Judy Garland tapes Mm -hmm. and she said, oh, I just love her. I just I just. I just get this. I love her. And she kept saying that. And I was thinking to myself, yeah, because you're insane, too. (laughs) Well, it's not even that. She loves her because she's being actually honest. And Robin's not able to be honest. And And in in those tapes. Yeah. Yeah. She said during the time. Sorry to cut you off. She said during the time that Judy said, I don't want to die with these people. Who are Mm -hmm. these people? I. (laughs) And Robin that was the comment she loved the most. Well, and she was very much like we have, we have to go through that one time. I know we said that we would do it a long time ago. One day we will, because a lot of people, A, don't understand the context. For, for us to do that, we will do a little background into Judy's life, which is true. Oh, well, all we've talked about is true. Um, but uh, it's uh, she will go when we do go through it. The context in which she makes the tapes is even more. Uh, it, it just adds more weight to oh. her whole life. Like the, the Renee Zellweger film, which she got an Oscar for, that was just the last and the dead last days of her life. But the last twenty years of her life, the 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 you know, which wasn't that long. I think she died before she was fifty, and um, it, it was it was awful. Heavy. The conveyor belt of films she had to do. Um, the, the complex she had not being pretty enough and then not being thin enough or being too this or too that. And then arranged marriages and shit. It's just awful Uh, what they did. Not only that, but like just, you know, it was still a real big boys club back then. And so you're getting paid half the salary. You're doing 10 times more the appearances. You're the show. People come to see you sing that somewhere over the rainbow. Nobody else. And, and I you're, just, you're a contract player. You can't just take any film you want. Right. 
Right, right. Right. They fucked her. I have a book about her. I get somewhere. I, I just moved. So, yeah. but I will find it. I, I, I have, a, it's like an unauthorized autobiography, I think, or autobiography. Sorry. Well, um, unauthorized biography. Yeah. Unauthorized biography. Excuse me. Yeah. But it reads so true into what I think probably happened. I forgot who wrote it. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta find it, but it's really good. Oh, did you want to uh, explain really quickly because we discussed this about the uh, the word that <laughs> we discovered was uh, oh you know we, you've been getting some stick from someone from one person yeah supposedly was if uh, what happened I'll get, explain my take on it guys what happened was Sam had used the word the term supposedly but she said supposedly and I just thought she made you know the, the way we do I've fucked up words in the process of speaking and not realized it at the time, mention someone's name when it's the wrong name accidentally, you know, cause you're doing a flow thing and mm-hmm. it comes out and I just left it in because I figured, well, she just made a mistake. That's it. But she'd done it a couple times. So someone finally getting really upset and he's commenting on the YouTube channel, but explain why you would say it that way. <laughs> cause it is kind so, of funny. <laughs> so my grandmother, well, my grandparents who didn't speak English as their first language, they, always said supposedly and so my we always said supposedly and nobody corrected us because one you don't correct it just nobody ever corrected us it just never happened where somebody catches you and corrects you until my sister was in college and somebody corrected her and then she must have changed the way she said it but then when I brought it up to her and she goes, oh, yeah, we've said that wrong for years. And I was like, what? <laughs> Why wouldn't you tell me that? And even though I know and I see how it's written, for yeah, some why... reason, I've always said it that way. And right. it's, that's because that's the, nobody ever said anything. And I was like, do right. you think that's weird that nobody told us? And she's like, I think it's just awkward to say you're saying something wrong that's exactly like you can't like i I brought i was going to brought it up to you and then that one you kind of blew it up i think you blew it off because you know you said something like originally well people are always going to complain about something and i go but don't you read it with the d No, I know. And I could hear it in my head like my whole life and i'm like oh my god this revelation it's kind of like I, I, it was like one of those things where I go, oh, my God, this was wrong forever. So your dad would say it, too? <laughs> yes, my whole family. My whole so family. Does he it's still so say bizarre. it that way? I don't know. I haven't heard him say anything like that in a while. But I have to I have to I have to really, like, pay attention now. It, when I asked my sister and she goes, oh, yeah, I got corrected. It was so embarrassing. I go, hey, can you have given me the message? <laughs> yeah, and just a little heads up would have been nice. Fuck. She was in college and she got corrected. Right. She's like, so embarrassing. I'm like, yeah, it was. I, I'm on a podcast. This is yeah, very but, embarrassing. Yeah. So that's, that's the, that's, it's not an, ex, I guess I'm not going to say it's an no, excuse, it's a, but it's, it's a, the explanation. I think it's just when you say something a certain way for so long, you start hearing it that way no matter what. That's well, and the other thing is, if I the other the, the reason why a lot of people would not bother to stop you and correct it is because if they know what you're trying to say, 
they don't need to correct you because they understand. It's no different than my mother. She came home one time. I told Sam this already. She came home one time. She wanted to talk a little like street lingo with us kids. And she said, oh, one of my coworkers is knocked down. And we all go like, "Did she, what, what happened? <laughs> you know, she's, she wanted to explain that she was pregnant, <laughs> but she said it wrong. <laughs> Not and then, down. you know, but she, 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 you know, off the boat immigrant, you don't expect her to use like a contemporary uh, lexicon for, uh, you know, for the young ones. But uh, God, the laughing she did when she found out it was completely wrong. Well, plus we are always like we didn't correct them. Like right. I never corrected any of that. That would have been disrespectful to say, hey. You're saying this wrong, Papa. <laughs> well, you got to figure. You got to figure. The older person knows better than me. If you're ten, and regardless of whether you've read it in a book, you just wouldn't correct them. Like that's yeah. just not going to happen. <laughs> right. Exactly. What happened? Did you did you get so tired you couldn't do the show? That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> that's what everyone's telling me. Well, I, I don't believe know, that. I quite frankly, enjoy <laughs> the interpretation of me that yeah. I hear. I've never seen. On the show. I've never seen you this tired. I am exhausted. But maybe. What happened, though? I I couldn't. You couldn't I deal didn't with it. I didn't have the energy. I didn't have the energy to do that. I don't think it's a big deal that you were late for the Cleveland no, book signing appearance. it's not a matter of whether it was a big deal or not. I couldn't. You know, I, it was three people, and usually I have no problem out shouting all of you and all right. of that stuff. Right. I don't have the energy for it. But today. it really wasn't an argument. It was just kind of a cute story it that you were late. I don't have the energy as me saying I didn't want to fucking put up with it. It's not, it's not even, that's the, when you say I normally I can shout over you people, but today I couldn't, it's, it's, I didn't, I didn't fucking feel like putting up with you guys. It's not I didn't then, have the energy. And then using the excuse that I'm tired, I don't have the energy to deal with this is a way to get out of it is a way to absolve criticism. Like she's completely such a baby during this. I mean, just the yeah. fact that she only got a couple of comments and walked off Yeah, is very telling. And then she just is like right now saying, you know, I just, I just, I'm not going to deal with this. So you walk off your job. I, I dare anybody to do this. Hey, today, I don't feel like answering back this email. Fuck you. Bye. Well, <laughs> I mean in the Sally Jesse show, do you think they're there when they went to com commercial break, she had to go off and compose herself more than a couple times? I think Sally probably had to talk to her. Yeah. Because she probably looked visibly upset. Yeah. I could imagine. I mean, I wish we had, you know, B roll of yeah, that. The, yeah. Oh, we go to commercial. I want to see <laughs> mugs, mugs flying through yeah. the air. The show was amazing. But if I saw the B roll of that between the audience characters and that whole saga. Oh, oof. yeah. Or especially when she's finished, wrapped up, and she's in the dressing room. Oh, my the green room God. or whatever it is. God, yeah. She must have been like, you know, oh, my God. God, mommy dearest. <laughs> she probably trashed it like Keith Moon. <laughs> <laughs> Looked like, look like a hotel room after Johnny Depp and Kate Moss. Yeah, big time. Even about that, but if I wanted to say something, I couldn't make myself heard oh. because I don't have the energy to do it. I thought you were doing fine, by the way. About what? About I, making oh, yourself you heard. Know, you know what? Go ahead. Come on. You know what? I just oh. go out and find a hot fire hydrant and just sit on and swing your legs. Don't give me that patronizing oh. BS. Well, I thought you were doing just fine. <laughs> she out. You sound rested now. I'm not rested Maybe I should take a few minutes rest. Robin, I told all the guys that I thought they were you, wrong. You? Oh, please. <laughs> oh, fuck you. What? You <laughs> Huh. <laughs> Way no, to keep it didn't. going here, Gary. <laughs> yeah, you know what Gary did? Gary just said that wouldn't have flown for us. 
Yeah. Think okay, about Cleveland. Yeah, don't even, a line. <laughs> don't even start, Mister. I've talked to Robin. She said it was a lot of work putting the book together. Blah blah well, blah. Well, you blah, did. Blah, isn't blah, that blah. what? It, isn't that why you're tired? <laughs> no, I'm tired oh, running, from running yeah. around the country. Yeah. Oh yeah, she's tired. <laughs> Two months after the book's been released, she's tired. She's still tired from it, Pooey. What an excuse. She's, t- she's tired of having her ghostwriter do her work for her. <laughs> What's this word, Robin? I don't know. Make it up. Here comes right, but that's all part I of the- worked all during uh, writing the book. Did you ever see me not here, Gary? No, no, no. I'm just saying that the whole thing is a big emotional I experience. I would appreciate it if you didn't try to interpret who I am. Or what I, You know, I spend 10 seconds talking to Gary three times a year, and he... He knows all about me. She loves me, doesn't she? She says, she says that I hate her. Well, someone during the commercial said, hey, maybe Gary should go in and talk to Robin. John and Gary were talking about it. And Gary goes, no, I don't think I'm the right person. <laughs> but he certainly can tell you about me on the air. Okay. Well, he's just trying. He's just trying to figure it all out. So there has to be somebody to take the aggression out on. And Gary, even though he was a little bit more... I guess you could say less taunting than I'd say Jackie Howard, right? Mm-hmm. Or Fred, for that matter. Robin knows where her loyalty lies, and she also knows who is the on the totem pole, who has the most power. And if you're going to be mad and you have to take your anger out on somebody, the best punching bag is going to be Bowie. Always. Without it, without question. And and he and he and can you imagine? So if he's taken it from he's either taken it from her or he's taken it from him his entire career. Wouldn't you be drinking? Wouldn't you be addicted to something? Wouldn't you get two earrings, one a post and one a hoop and not <laughs> shave Robin, your neck for me 10 many years times without getting it? <laughs> so I have never I don't said mind why you do something. Oh, I see. I, 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 I'll tell you what you do, what you don't do. I've never said why. Sincerely, I'm very sorry. I really apologize. Maybe you should uh, not I'm being analyzed by Baba Booey. But maybe if you're tired from the book signings, maybe you shouldn't do them anymore. Maybe you did That's enough. That's a possibility. Yeah. I'm really wearing out here. Yeah, so stop it already. You did enough. So she had one signing. Go ahead. And, and again, it's why. Oh, you're tired. You shouldn't do this. Howard doesn't want her to do this, by the way. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. Of course not. So this ends up better for him. You're a slacker who can't organize and can't be an A-type personality that gets their shit together enough to do multitasking and show up at the airport on time, get on your flight, you know, hammer out some work in different cities. He, She can't do it. So this is beneficial to Howard because then she could shut the fuck up and stop bringing attention towards her. How does this make you feel towards the Air, Air Force knowing that someone like this was passed <laughs> through and didn't get like the stockade, didn't get like jailed, didn't get, you know, because a person this disorganized in life usually doesn't succeed. I guess Bob Bob has said this about Howard, like people with extreme NPD, mm-hmm. it's very rare that they're this successful because they're unfocused. They, you know, and they, if you look at the traits of very successful people, they're incredibly focused. That is so true. I, I mean, outside of the TikTok generation that are, and the Insta, you know, Well, this is my point. How do I feel about this? I think we used to know this. And so Robin would have been thought of as, an anomaly like yeah the air force doesn't take people like this the military Mm. doesn't accept people like this this is just this is out of the blue 
Right. This is somebody who's a one-off. Okay. Uh, I got a question actually for the military fans or fans, ex-military fans, uh, you know, veterans and what have you that are listening to our show. I would, uh, and I've, I've asked this question in the past, but I would like a little more of a, a little more input from different people in terms of if your your military experience and and the way Robin explained it, how she you know she's yeah. just like a complete dilettante. She just didn't do what they said, and she wouldn't sup- sup- uh, salute superior officers. The the person that talked got in touch with me was in the in the um, Marines. They were not in the Air Force, but he said it's possible the Air Force was more lenient, and maybe at that time quota system maybe it was like uh you know one of those things where she was going to get a little more leeway because of a certain situation in time in, in that time in, in history but mm-hmm. uh he said but in, there's no way someone would not get punished for all that awful behavior which is actually it's denigrating the service by saying i got away with this yes it is i mean it's all, it's, all, it's, all, it's also saying they are so they don't even give a fuck. That's how um, that's how th- that's how little they care about military discipline in this organization. Well, you, you're, you you're, work as a team like diversity, in the military. Yes. In the military, the there most, are no colors most, there, in the military. Right. There are no colors. Right. There are no genders. You're a soldier. You're, you're green, you know, or if that's you're in the desert green. storm, you're 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 tan you know you're you're you know uh sandy brown you know you're all the same whatever the fucking uniform of the day same with cops you're not black you're not white you're blue i mean it's one thing like if you if a a professional athlete with sports it's different if you can't perform you fucking get cut it's a business and it's also performance based i mean like there are teams where like the um the knicks where for the for decades they didn't nobody gave a fuck because the fans would come win or lose which is not how you run an organization in my opinion Let's fans should be Buffalo. voting with their feet <laughs> <laughs> no but i'm saying like if a team looks like they're trying you support them but if they look like they couldn't be arsed to fucking give some effort you stop buying tickets you stop attending and it's not about being a fair weather fan it's like no i don't like how this organization's being run and i'm voting with my my wallet Unless you're from my city. <laughs> well, I mean, really, there are there is Buffalo was Buffalo at some point so bad that you didn't even understand why you were watching it. Yeah, we for 17 years, we never made the playoffs. It was a drought like on you've never seen in your life. And it didn't matter. Bills fans are Bills fans. We're like, this is all we have. <laughs> yeah, but is, is it because it's better than nothing kind of situation? At least it's we have a, a franchise. No, it's a six degrees of separation. Everybody knows everybody. And it's a communal thing. Like the bills are our identity. We just kind of, I mean, I'm not saying that in, oh, the bills are everything like, but in a way, It's it's a rallying point. It's a point. And it's because you're a forgotten city. And the Bills kind of brings everybody together, no matter what, even if they sucked for 17 years. Right. At least we'll suck together. Yes, we do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I understand that kind of loyalty, I suppose. Uh, but either way, any any military out there and that's listening to this particular episode, please give us your opinions in the comments and explain a little more about how something like what she says could possibly be true. And look it up in her book. Find a used copy somewhere. Go online. Yeah. The archive has a copy, a digital copy. Make an account. Sign in. And you can scroll through that Air Force section. Uh, and I think I'd li- I'd like to hear your thoughts on it. Enough promotion. No one can accuse you of not promoting your book. 
I know who's. Uh, I know what's going on here. Now I figured uh, the whole thing worry. out. Yeah. Uh, you can figure out whatever you want. So these are decisions I have made. I didn't realize what a drain it would be. Tell Judith That's you don't want to do anymore. Do it. Let Judith go out and sign some books. <laughs> I gotta go. Her head's ready to pop off too. <laughs> what? You gotta say something, Gary? Come back here! Don't I'm you dare run. Now you made Gary walk off the show. <laughs> hey, Robin, I, I think it's strange, and I, I think that if any of us did that, we would be held so much more accountable than she's being. If I gave the excuse that I was tired, they wouldn't take that from me for a second. But you know, I don't know. I'm weirded out by it. I gotta tell I'm weirded out by it. <laughs> he's, he's weirded out. He's weirded out. Weird. I'm pissed. I'm fucking pissed. I'm livid. It's a it's a roundabout way of saying I'm livid. Yeah, and I'm weirded out by the earring. So anything yeah. you're saying right now is cut down to size because what the fuck is that? <laughs> Because I don't know, I, I really think the puppet doesn't like me, and it's sort of you know, I sort of really comes across, and um, and I just think that she's held to a different standard than we are. The fact that Bowie conflates and can't understand her narcissism, and come you know like rise above and see this from a level of, you know, looking down of like, I understand what's happening right now. Robin's in trouble. She's going to degrade me. I still do a good job. I'm not taking this personally. The fact that he takes it like this and he's such a he's so he's so unaware of what's going on around him. It, it took him so long to figure it out. He still hasn't figured it out in a lot of ways. Well, that's the thing I would I would I would argue as well, because you, you've got not argue. I would agree with um, you've got. Let's say you don't know. Let's say you never heard the term narcissism or NPD, of course. And mm -hmm. this is a, a more recent term anyway. And in 1995, I don't know if it exists. Maybe it does. But it, the literature is not just not there what it is as it is, you know, compared to what we have today. Yeah, it's At a least Greek you mythology. Know, <laughs> right. You know, yeah, you know, her like her isms. If you know, based on her isms, how she's like, you, you can pretty much set your watch to how she's going to react in any certain way. And mind you, we don't know how unpredictable she was before, you know, the early days, except what we heard on the radio. It's the back office stuff that when it finally starts coming out, then you go, OK, well, then if she was unpredictable, then you really have no recourse because you don't know what's going to set her off at any given time. Fine. You do, however, know from the history of listening to her how she speaks, how she looks, how she reacts, tone, uh, cadence, uh, her eyes, like her body language, you know when something is bullshit. Right now, you see her tittering around, smiling, doing all kinds of head motions in the video and stuff. She's clearly trying to dance away from the fact that she was she was just on camera outed as being mm -hmm. a petulant, little, irresponsible asshole. Yes. And she cannot to... claim responsibility and like and they know it like they all know it even if they can't verbalize it so let me ask you a question if if you were gary how would you handle this well the thing is okay but i'm gary and he's not boy gary he's the quote producer but he has no balls no power in the office it's howard's right. it's call so i don't have she outranks me the only thing i can do is first of all, I'm not going to be a doormat for any narcissistic asshole. Also, if I'm Bowie, I'm smarter than Bowie, and 
like this is the thing. Do I have my brain or Bowie's brain? Right. So you look, you have your brain. Okay. If I have my brain, personally, I pull her aside and I say it because I know that inherently she's a, she's a coward. Howard's right. a coward too. And I tell her, you do not treat me like this. Like you do not treat me like this on the air. Otherwise we're all going to fucking have, we're going to have a field day with you one day. And, uh, you know, if you think you can go to Don or whoever and get rid of me like that, go right ahead. But I'm not going to be, uh, I'm not going to be, uh, you know, taken to, to task like that. Go after Howard, go after Jackie equally. Then we're fine. Then I'm fine with it. I think if he handled it just the way you said that he would be in a completely different relationship and professional career. Oh yeah. And the other thing is he know he has, he should know his value to the show at this point because yeah. he, he is such content to them wearing a fucking, but you know what? He was at the new year's rotten Eve thing, wearing a gorilla suit. Oh, like that, I wouldn't have done that. That's that's the, like that would be beneath me. I would say, like, a, he, you, not that this show is you know fifth estate or it, not that it's fucking uh, twenty twenty, but at the <laughs> same time, you know, a gorilla suit. I mean, honestly, come on. So he has no <laughs> dignity. He has no brains. It doesn't surprise me that he's like this here. But what it, it what it's going to entail over the course of his life is a lot of addictive uh, things. So food. Um, not to the extent of Artie, let's say, but food like junk food, booze, um, yeah. maybe, uh, maybe drugs, you know, uh, prescription medication, who knows? Uh, I, and I don't feel bad for Gary cause he kind of, he brought this yeah. on himself. Well, Fillmore, I expect you the next podcast to show up as a uh, chicken souffle wrap. Can it be lamb? <laughs> No, because you know what? Because I, I mean, he might have been freaked out about it, but he loves it stuff because it's real, and he loves when people act, you know, act real on the show. So I mean, Howard looks at it and doesn't say, "Oh my God, you know, Robert's so bad." Howard looks at it and goes, "Well, it's a great radio bit." Gary, you have to take a rest. No, no, no. It's just, I, I mean, it's really weird. I mean. I really get the impression Robert doesn't like me. Oh, Paul. Well, she doesn't. I mean, I know she doesn't. <laughs> what do you mean you get the I impression? Mean, of course she doesn't I like mean, you. Now, then, then this is Bowie. Acqui not, he, this is Bowie. You know when a dog or like when a dog kind of goes on its back and puts its paws up, like rub my belly mm -hmm. kind of thing? That's his version of this on the show when he's pissed off in this situation. He wants to now get sympathy from them because oh, I'm, I'm being attacked. Like, and now Robin's going after me, so I need a pat on the back. It's 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 such a level of insecurity that mm -hmm. you you are you're saying I don't think she likes me. Not understanding Robin as a person, and also not understanding your value on a, the show mm -hmm. and the professional relationship. It's just it's really a clusterfuck, and just so insecure. Like mm -hmm. he just comes off like unbelievably immature in this i think this argument well, they, that he's making well she and she and and Rob, he robin and him both but you know you like, should uh, you should know uh, enough gary that she's being immature and yeah. that she's being wrong the fact mm -hmm. that we've veered so far off the path from robin being an idiot and not understanding how to do her job at the book signing is now you in the fetal position on air Saying that you're worried that she's not your friend. Are you kidding? <laughs> right. And there, if she wanted to not, if she not wanted this not to be an issue, all she had to say was, I don't want to talk about it. And she could have stonewalled the whole thing and not said anything.
Yet they would have brought, oh, I heard that, I heard that, whatever. I'm not saying, I'm not speaking. And then they have nothing because you need her to react. Otherwise, there is no bit. He's so insecure. He's personally wounded yeah. that she's criticizing him during this instead of having the confidence to know that, no, she fucked up. And yes, I do my job. Right. And she's also deflecting. If she get after Gary, now she's no longer under attack. Right. Exactly. Right. Deflection. She likes to goof around, but I think that, like, no. I think that she's really. No, no you got to understand. Now. She's irritated when you critique her because I not critique. you're not it on. It wasn't a critique. There's a certain doing. pecking order. Right. No, 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 no. See, yeah, again, no, that I get. I'm right here. Thanks, Ask Robert. me. Go ahead. It was simply that he was acting as if he had so much uh, personal knowledge of what I'm but going Robin, through. Have, isn't that the show? Haven't right. we all done Everybody that tries to figure everyone out. You just, you know what it is? I think you're just feeling sensitive because you're tired right now. Mm. I think that's a legitimate explanation. You know what? It's I'm very really possible. I'm tired of your patronizing attitude. No, I, look, and, you know, the other thing. Hold on, hold on. The uh, just we probably had the same thought, but I'm just I'm going to presume. Uh, you can tell me what you want right after I, I finish this one point. She, by saying patronizing, she knows he doesn't, she knows, she, first of all, she's right. He is being patronizing, but she, she also needs him to be patronizing. She, she's requested that by her behavior. I think she knows that the critique initially was correct. Mm -hmm. And so when you're saying now you're patronizing me, it puts you as the bully. Now you're in the role as the bully. And so that's purposeful. It's not, I don't think she thinks he's being patronizing. I think she thinks I need to flip this where you're attacking me and you're being patronizing. Well, there's, that's, a, that's part of it as well. But she knows inherently when he's doing this, like she can see the smile behind the set, like the, 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 the grin, like that, that little wink in his voice when he says, oh, it's because you're tired, you know. And and also because inherently she knows the tired excuse is bullshit. So but when he keeps using that, he's actually rubbing it in her face, that lie that she's been spouting off. But that's the problem with when you have narcissistic personality disorders with a huge ego. They don't yeah. like when they hear truth to power. Oh, they don't like yeah. being <laughs> told the truth to their face. And this goes oh, yeah. for anybody who's like mm -hmm. this. Yep. And Robin especially. Listen, whatever. Just go on with the show. Thank you. This is the show. This is this is about the best show <laughs> I can do right now. With oh. the show, you know, I, I made notes for the show yesterday, and I said, well, first thing up, I'll ask Robin about Cleveland. It'll help sell the book. <laughs> I didn't know it would be this good. No. <laughs> I thought I thought I was kind of screwing off. Who knew it before? Yeah, who knew I could get an hour and a half out of it? I'm not. He's loving this because he knows. She needs him to sell books. And he keeps repeating that. Well, I wanted to help her sell books. I wanted to help her sell books as the number one bestseller, Howard Stern, just coming off his book. And so it's an ego thing. He mm -hmm. is absolutely just bathing in this controversy right now. That's right. And about in a month, roughly a month's time, if not less, or maybe a little more, he's going to release Miss America. And that's going to be a whole other can of worms. And as a result, <laughs> the circular saw that happens, Jackie, Fred and Robin all gang up on him and say, like, we don't like what you fucking wrote about us. Um, uh, that's a, the whole video is a long video, probably as long as this one uh, that James and Raven are going to go through. And it's going to be epic. I told them if you need three parts oh. on that, take three parts. 
I love that James and Raven are going to cover Miss America. I think that's amazing. I think that in retrospect, that was one of the biggest mistakes that Howard ever made. Writing that book, and you know, part of it was this book that he's projecting onto the audience, Robbins. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He he could not stand her having any any sort of celebrity on her own yes. without him. Right. And so I mean it says on book. It, it says on the thing, the co-host of the Howard Stern show. I mean, oh, I have I, this book. The font is like for blind people. Rick wears readers. When I showed him the font in this book, he's like, what? No, I'm talking the Robin's book, not not his book. Oh, I'm saying right, his book, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The font's in his. Well, no, you, like the fact that she had to put that on there. I wonder if I'm sure Jude said we have to put it on, on there because a lot of people are not going to know who the fuck you are. No shit. <laughs> yeah. And she yeah. must have burned her ass. That, what do you mean? I can't just be Robin Quivers. No, you can't because you're yeah. not that well known you're that unless famous. you're a listener. Yeah, totally. I've given it up. <laughs> not on your life. Fine, fine. Listen, I'm looking to kill four hours, and you're you're about the best topic <laughs> right here. To kill all of you. All right. Well, you then can I make a request? Since I have to work with you, maybe you ought to look into stopping all these book signings. If it's, I mean, if it's really that bad. Um. He, and he wants he's saying that like as if he cares. But you're right. As before, he just doesn't want her to be talking about it. He doesn't want he doesn't want to sell copies. He wants it to be a complete flop. And he's more than happy to ridicule her to that end. I'm going to say something before I'm going to. Well, I'll say this point first and then I'll make my second point. He is saying this because he doesn't like it. And because if you take this now in the 90s and parallel it with her doing her charities, it's the same conversation. You're doing too much. Remember? Mm -hmm. You're doing too much. You're doing these marathons. You're running. You're getting on planes. You're doing, uh, you know, exploration adventures, gathering right. data, supposedly. It's juicy the same slippers. conversation. <laughs> yes. Very juicy. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> lobby hopper. And <laughs> Well, well, the thing is with with the Fifteen Foundation, which guys, if you haven't, if you're just tuning into the show now, uh, uh -huh. I wholeheartedly recommend that saga. It's you'll never, you'll keep listening, you'll re-listen to it, I believe, uh, again and again. I still have to go through it from start to finish myself now that we've all done it because I, I I forget I those early episodes. They're hilarious. Yeah. But my second point is the '90s. I want to know when Oprah made her revelation about being abused as a child. What year thought, was that? I thought it was quite early in her career, actually. I don't think so. I like want to not, know not, not, 80, not, not mid eighties, but I would say like, cause that's, she started really got, got, you know, going in the eight, late, the late, mid to I know late eighties. I know it was before Robin, but I'm saying that made a huge impact on her career. Oh, having yeah. Having that revelation. And, I'm thinking about this time period, and I wonder how much that had an influence on her making up this story. I am certain it was because there's that, but there's Roseanne as well, and then Fran Drescher. They also released tell-alls around the same period and talked about their – well, Fran Drescher was raped outright and uh, did not shy away from that. And Roseanne said she was abused by her parent, mm -hmm. by her family, you know, and she's now, mind you, Roseanne's an incredible mental patient, maybe because of that, maybe it's real, maybe it's not. I have no way of knowing. I didn't read it and I don't really care to read it. Um, but either way, it was a selling point 
at that point yeah. in the mid mid nineties, these, these revel, revelatory books that were not necessarily biographic, they were biographical, but they weren't biographies. If that makes any sense, like this is a slice of my life from here to here. Right. Yeah. It makes me, it makes me like even drew Barrymore who was doing Coke at 12 or 11 mm-hmm. and Earlier, in rehab. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. And at rehab by 13, she is so groomed to think that like the Hollywood, she like thinks Steven Spielberg and stuff still. And in my head, I'm thinking you, sh- you should not be thinking the industry that helped guide you yeah. to such debauchery, but it's such a programming in this in this culture that I don't think regular people understand. So in her world, you should be thinking Steven Spielberg in my head. I'm thinking, are you fucking insane? You should be thinking Corey Haim. You should be thinking yes. fucking any, yes. you should be thinking Dana Plato. You shouldn't be thinking Steven Spielberg. Uh, right. And yes, guys, we know that, you know, addiction is, is key in most of these deaths, but you know, if you get you dig, oh. you don't have to you don't have to scratch too far deep to figure out where the addictions really uh, become become especially in Hollywood. Really germinate, yeah, exactly. Fuck's sake! So here we go. Uh, what am I stupid? Uh, I don't know. I'm asking you. I'm asking you. You don't think that has been a consideration for me? I first of all, <laughs> I didn't know how I. I don't even know how I feel anymore. What happened in Cleveland? Something wow. you're not telling me. Nothing something happened, happened in Cleveland. I don't know. I got to get to the bottom of this. What went you on know, there? Th- this is it. Uh, do you Still realize more. I've had no vacation? Do you remember the last time I had a? Wow. <laughs> I don't know how I feel anymore. That's a weird statement. Yeah. I mean. That's a very. It's nebulous. I mean, it's a vague statement. I don't know how I feel. So that means you can leave that bubble blank up in the air to grab and implore a statement for when you need it. Yeah, I don't yeah, know it's how like, I feel. Right. We're going to leave this bubble up here. <laughs> we can reach for it when we need it in the conversation to manipulate it in my favor when I feel like it. Yeah. Then she's saying. You, I haven't had a vacation. Well, why do you not have sick days? Do you not have vacation time? What is the situation there? I'd like to know a little bit about that. Yeah, and I understand it's a hard job talking on the air for fucking five hours. It's not even five hours, and all your real purpose is is to read news articles that were written by other people and collected what? by other people and given to you. Fuck's sake. <laughs> I would kill for that job. I'm talking. I think about all the jobs I had. I'm talking. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, and guys, yeah, we know, like, you know, public speaking, that's difficult for people. And so I'm not talking about that. They, when you do a radio show, you're recording into the other. There are people listening, you know, back in the day, but there's not the pressure of there's people like 50,000 people in front of you waiting to laugh at something maybe funny, may not be. So it's not the same as a stand up. It's not the same as a musician that fucks up a butt like Simon LeBon at Live Aid fucking up that <laughs> bum note. And then, you know, <laughs> a billion people are watching. <laughs> it's so funny. It's uh, <laughs> so funny. I love that reference. <laughs> it, was, it was the note, the bum note around the world. 
It's so great. And what's sad is they didn't have the pull to pull it off because Zeppelin were awful. Even though the Zeppelin videos on YouTube, they don't have the rights to it, so they have to leave it out there. But they pulled it off the Live Aid um, DVD and stuff because they were so awful. And they should have. It's the same way a lot of people are not – a lot of people who played at Woodstock are not in the movie because they were awful at Woodstock. Like Janis Joplin put on a horrible show. Did they cure world hunger for the Live Aid? Do you know? <laughs> yeah, it's still, still a work in progress. Okay, you wouldn't because you're no, not in my life. I did not. The listen, last time. You got you to manage your time. The last time yeah. was January of 1994. Yeah. That was the last time I stopped working. Well, let me ask you something. <laughs> if you feel that way about it, why would you continue doing this? Like I said, I'm a person of my word. If I say oh. I'm going to do something, I do it. I see. So now, yeah, but you're the one that decides when you go on a vacation, you accept a book deal. Who the fuck are you trying to garner sympathy from, you asshole? If you need time off, you take time off. If you can't because you can't afford it, well, then that's still on you. I guarantee you there's some sort of contract where you have sick days or you have vacation days. There's no. There's no, I mean, this is even isn't, back then, you know, Car- then. Carnegie Rockefeller, you're not working in the fucking sweatshops, putting together fucking tin Lizzie's shut the fuck up. And what? I also have to say, this is such bullshit. I've been working since 1994. Okay. So it's 1995. So you've been working for a year straight. You chose to write a book because it pays you. It's not like you're writing a book because for charity, you feel like you have to that this that this radio show put pressure on you to write a book you fucking narcissist you decided to do this extra thing and you still have to wake up at six o'clock in the morning and so now you're saying suddenly oh i don't get any vacation time really i'm sure you used and burned those vacation times hours because you wanted to make profit off of a book fuck (laughs) off you just told us you spent the morning of your book signing watching the last some shit movie. I can't remember what it Moaning was. Moaning like. in bed. Yeah. And eating fucking marshmallows or some bullshit uh, like Malamars and fucking, I don't know, Whoppers, a big vat of Whoppers before the book what? signing. What was a good movie in 95? What? Notting Hill? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Going back Not that far. good. I'm saying like Mad Love. popular. <laughs> Boys on the side. I don't know. Now, are you done with your word? My word goes up to the end of this month. Oh. <laughs> Unless you're in the air well, force. Well, then you better go rest yeah. between. You better rest in the commercials. <laughs> oh, you can't rest during the show. That's unacceptable. That's absurd. <laughs> now he's laying down the law. That's funny. That's good. And by the way, she is making so much money at some point that she can have somebody answer her phone. At home, not long after this, right? Uh, yes. Uh, no, that was before this. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the funny part. That's last. That's the year before. That's when she was, you know, she, before that was after. I, w- I was after vacation. The last time she had vacation, which was a year and a half ago, according to her. But you know, in the same time as she has her own Consuela come to her with her phone and go, "Madame, your call." <laughs> So we're, so we're listening to this faux complaint in this preening, <laughs> this fucking preening saying that we that she's so tired and she never gets vacation. You have somebody hand a phone to you. <laughs> this 40 or 42 year old teenager. 
Oh, my God. Oh, man. Unbelievable. Because being on the well, show is what makes people interested in the book, so you defeat the whole purpose. Well, if I wasn't being battered and beaten. Oh, you're too sensitive. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It wasn't you. a discussion. It was accusations that were being thrown um, Yeah. Accusations. Battered and beaten, says the lady who was abused by her father. Would right. you use such hyperbolic language about a conversation if you were a victim of abuse that freely? That that honestly unbelievably callous. Yeah, it's, it's, it's in tone deaf. It would, be, it would make sense if you weren't abused, if you yes. colored it in that situation. You, you're using hyperbole. I get it. But yeah. if you're an abuse victim and you say battered and beaten – yeah, and you, you don't throw these words around. Never. No. Fucking well, this is again. Fraud. We should be getting way more like criticism by people who claim, you know, these days, you know, you're supposed to believe every victim, and da, 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 da. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. You, you, you have to at some point in your life realize that you listen. You listen to everybody, but you do not have to take everybody. 100% serious after certain facts come through and after you put it through your head and you make try to make sense of it all and you don't there's no proof there's no nothing I mean they, they had the book company had her go meet her father at the the last chapter of her fucking mm -hmm. book to try to force like crowbar some confession out of him and she never got it because he has a, a, a Alzheimer's they taped it whatever they probably have like um, you know footage of it that will never see the light of day because it's useless. It doesn't make her point. And um, she's not – I mean not, we're not looking for soiled underwear or we're looking for like, you know, um, you know, rape test results. And so we're, I'm not talking about that. What I'm saying is like in, in lieu of – like if people really believe Robin, we'd get more shit for saying we didn't – we never believed her molestation. Ac yes. Accusations against her parents. That's what. I'm, that's all I'm saying, guys. So you, you know, also get if the more source shit is not if believable, if, if, if we'd also get more shit if when we say Howard's been gay forever right. and it's a beard relationship, we would get way more shit if if there wasn't enough, <laughs> if there wasn't enough like circumstantial evidence out there. Circumstantial evidence. Oh my god. Right. I mean, There's Casey Anthony bodies. got written. She got away with it. But right. man, <laughs> someone wants us to do a show about Casey Anthony, actually, someone on the Patreon. Oh, God, she's a fucking who parties after your kids, dad. <laughs> I don't know. The the Black Widow. I know someone someone who decides to if I mean, she, if you, this, you know, if you can off your husband, I suppose you can off your kid. Yeah, you, you, you party after your kids. They find. <laughs> oh, my God. And she it's made just, this new documentary and. It's so unbelievably like amazing how pretty people, because she's good looking and has big boobs. Okay. People really are like, maybe her father did abuse her and maybe he did do all these things. And I'm thinking to myself when I'm listening to these podcasts, are you insane? You people, if she looked like, like Lena know, sloth from the Goonies, nobody would hear this. And right. take it into consideration. Right. This is insane. She's a murderer. She's an idiot. She's a partier. There's, so we just finished the episode for you. It's free. There you are. 
Well, I wasn't in here for that, Robin. I, was. I didn't uh, look, Keep Gary. Just be quiet. Can I just say something? <laughs> Remember, you said to me during the when you asked me what I thought of your book, and you said, "How come if my perceptions were off, you never told me?" And I said, "Well, because I didn't think you wanted to hear it." So I'm saying that on that conversation, I think you just exhausted, and I think it was done very lovingly. I don't think it was uh. a. I don't think it was a harsh critique of your life. <laughs> I have so much to say about that. That's him knowing about himself. He doesn't want to ever hear the truth. He knows she's like him in some ways. He knows she doesn't want to hear the truth. You're 1000% right. I'm so happy you said this. This is a level of sympathy and empathy that doesn't exist between normal people. It exists mm -hmm. between narcissists. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and on top of that, um, the, when he asked, she asked about, oh, what do you what do you think about this, that, the other thing? He would have enjoyed telling her, no, I don't want you to write a book. You shouldn't uh -huh. be writing a book. You have no right to be doing that. What, especially, you know, my books are more important. You know, this is the Howard Stern show. How dare you? He can't do it. He needs her for that racial stuff on the air. So and he's in he, a rock and a hard place because he it bothers. It still bothers him. It and he needs her because this fodder. For the air is good. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He knows the audience loves to pile on her. Like, mm -hmm. it, it's good. We used to, you said many times in this podcast, he needs, he always needed a nemesis. And the nemesis always changes. And whether it was the FCC or Opie and Anthony or, you know, some government official, blah, 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 or whether it was, you know, celeb, like celebs like Chevy Chase, who was already pompous enough for people to hate him, which, which made him a perfect target and incredibly unfunny in that time in his career. And, so he picked perfect targets. But then within the show, there are targets as well. And he has the benefit of Robin as a narcissist is a very unlikable human being. Yep. And Howard as the star of the show is padded with a lot of likable characters that elevate his personality, especially at this time, to make him seem not so unlikable. Mm -hmm. But Robin who has no comedic talent and doesn't have writers throwing them notes mm -hmm. is more obvious as somebody that you can lambast because she's not as funny. She doesn't say funny, uh, quit, uh, quick things. She's not witty. No. So Howard's witty because he has writers, but we don't know Jackie's throwing him things. Yeah, at some point you eventually find out, but not necessarily like this. And if not you're listening now. on the and if you're listening on the radio strictly, and you never saw him on TV, you'd never know. Mm -hmm. When you say joke writer, you'd think, oh, when they do skits or like audio bits or plays on the radio, then he writes those, and that's what his job is. You right, presume you think, that. You think writer of when you think writer, you think of somebody writing a script. But yes. you hear the show and you see it live. And so you just don't even factor in that that fast paced reaction time of a writer mm -hmm. can handle something like that. You It doesn't even process in your brain as a listener back in the 90s in the early right. 2000s. Right. And the only reason when Robin is, we said, we, Sam said she's not funny. That, it's not completely true. She's not funny the way we determine funny, but it's, it's funny for our purposes when she goes after him suddenly sometimes. Like when he, she asked him outright, is you, are you gay? And then, or, or, you know, when she said, you know, Beth would have a party when, when Howard dies. These are things that she blurts out that happen to be funny because they're so painfully awkward and honest. Then that's funny because the reaction we get, but it's not like she told a joke. 
it's the same reason why we think this is funny. They yeah. they turn when they turn on each other and the knives are out. It's oh, yeah. hilarious. Oh, totally. No, no, no. I, I think didn't, you're taking wait it a minute. too, too see, intensely. You don't even know what happened. I didn't walk off the show because I was upset about what was being oh, said. Why did you walk off the show? I couldn't talk. It was like you all were having a discussion. I couldn't be a part of it anyway. It was too energy consuming. I don't know. There seems to be a lot of they. You know what? All, all I can say is you better just leave me alone. Why? What, what would happen? Because I don't want to be bothered with you and your opinions of what should happen. If you're with bothered. you and your 5,000 assistants. But you're, but you're late for everything. With you and your 5,000 assistants, so I want to so hear So then get 5,000 assistants. I don't have time to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you have to do. I mean, you shouldn't be late for your book signing. Just screw you and let's no. go on with the show. You shouldn't be late. I just... I just wish I was in that hotel room. Yeah. I mean, not in that hotel lobby. You do wish when you she were. was informed. No, but do you understand she had something? to go back and pack. But do you understand something? Oh, oh. She came there the night before, which was very good. Yeah. Very responsible. She, she missed the plane. I'm all I can. No, excuse me. She had missed the plane. nothing to do that whole morning. You know what? Like, I'm leaving. You and the whole morning was... So they just, like, she, you know, your, your gaslighting doesn't work, Robin. You're on film. You're being recorded and you're on film. And still to this day, <laughs> they never understand that these words are... They're they're t- they're documented. I know. I think about that all the time. I'm like, if I ever die, my daughter is going to have hours of audio to go through her mother. <laughs> this is a legacy. <laughs> well, I mean, Christ, like, I, I don't have kids to leave this to. But my God, <laughs> like, imagine putting in your will. Uh, yes, 400 episodes of QF. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> What's With a fagula? Susan B. Anthony. <laughs> the whole morning was free. Go ahead. Go ahead. You, you had something else. Yeah. So she literally, he pressed her. She looks down. She doesn't like looking at people when she's pissed. Yes. And so she's looking down. You could tell she's getting more irate for no reason. He's needling her a little. But then Jackie says something and she just walks off. I mean, it's like it's it's a nothing burger and she's walking off. Right. And but she says she couldn't get a word in edgewise. And yet she was getting words in edgewise. I mean, she sounded great. Right. <laughs> <You're> yeah. Fine. <laughs> Unbelievable. Morning was free. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. OK. All right. OK. That's bizarre for me when I'm sitting here and all of a sudden, you know, the person I work with walks off the show. So and I'm sorry, but I'm I that was part of it. It was like, you don't even understand how tired I am. Well, I don't think I could. uh, Oh, Christ's sake. Everybody's tired. By the way, you don't have a kid. Fuck you. <laughs> I was waiting for that. You didn't yeah. ask. I was trying to explain, but I couldn't be heard, so I left. I couldn't even take it. Really? No, they wouldn't stop, so you left. They wouldn't stop, and you didn't like to hear it. It wasn't, you didn't, you were too tired. Sorry. I couldn't even take it. Yeah. That's interesting. You can't even take it. Do you, she really has the chutzpah to, like, say, I can't take it, so... I can leave and it'll be fine. I also, never in a job yeah. think that I could walk off my job and still have one. It's funny. She said, she said, I'm sorry, but which is of course, part of that whole thing. James and I did were, were non apologies, right? I'm sorry. He can't even say, <laughs> I'm sorry. He can you say the word apologize. I owe you an apology, but he can't say, I'm sorry. No, 
They can't, and they can't, they can't say it in a way that reflects the general feeling of why they offended people or why they upset people. Their apologies are, are it's cover your ass. It's narcissistic. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's self-serving. I mean, yes, inherently an apology is meant to be self-serving in, in some way because you are trying to make yourself feel better for having done the right thing. But ultimately you want the other person to feel that it's legit and it's genuine and heartfelt and that you mean it. And then when you don't, all of a sudden it's dis- when it's disingenuous like these, you know, uh, you listen, I'm, you're, I'm sorry if you're too sensitive, that kind of shit. <laughs> Oh yeah, or <laughs> you know, you or know. like Hilaria Baldwin. I'm so, I'm sorry that you misunderstood me right. for ten right. years. Exactly. What? Yeah. Really? Couldn't take being on the show. No, I couldn't take oh. not being able to get up to the point where I could be heard and be understood, right. and be a part of the whole thing. Did you rest yesterday? May I ask? Oh yes. Oh, you did. Absolutely. Okay, so, what's so you're not point? tired. No, yeah. So you're not tired. And what are you misunderstood about? What are you misunderstood about? Can you imagine having a meeting with your boss? Hilaria quivers. Hilaria quivers. <laughs> um, hi, I'm the New York Times writer. I'm coming after a week of this, uh, you know, viral thing that you're not Spanish. Oh yeah, I'm just misunderstood. Um, I spent oh, a lot of my childhood in Spain. Uh, I, you know, I how long? Oh, you know, it's back and forth. You know, oh. it's not really my fault that I'm just being myself and people misunderstand me. That's not an apology. And neither is this. Quick question. Uh, gun to your head. Who's the who's the more dangerous or more extreme narcissist? Amber or Amber Heard or Hilaria? It's got to go with Amber. Yeah. And because Amber had if you haven't dug into the deep files. She had sex parties. That's how she met Elon Musk. So her, she like would be sort of a Ghislaine Maxwell and a really great journalist wrote an article about this. She had sex parties where she would go to nerdy uh, Silicon Valley billionaires Mm -hmm. and throw these epic sex parties for billionaires. (laughs) For the purpose of yachting? For the purpose of yachting, for the purpose of money, and um, basically just exploiting these young lesbian actresses. Mm -hmm. It's a really great article. I'll send you it. Send it to me because I'd like to read that. Yep. Absolutely. What do you think I'm doing? Trying to be tired? Now, what happened yesterday? Did you, what time did you get to bed? What time did you get home from Cleveland? I got home at around 6.37. And you went to bed? Yeah. And you rested yesterday? Yeah. All right. That's what I wanted to know. But you're so tired. Out at a disco. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> I was doing that when I didn't have a problem. When's the last time you went to bed at seven? <laughs> seven p.m. <laughs> Seriously. Re- recently, because the World Cup's on so late, some of the games are like four a.m. I have had to like force myself to sleep, wake, set the alarm to wake myself up an hour before game time, because otherwise I'm just the Walking Dead when I wake up when I stay up in the morning. Because if I stay up all night, to me, there's no point going to sleep. I I remember that. I can't do that anymore. But 
Yeah, it's tough. It's getting worse and worse and worse. So I've had to, you know, choose my pick my spots now over the, the over here. The final, which is coming up this Sunday, will be like midnight. That's fine for me. Midnight's not when midnight one o'clock. I can pull those once in a while. It's fine. But generally, yeah, if I need to wake up like it's I have different hours, completely different hours than everybody else. So. Uh, and even Mrs. Fillmore, she's got to wake up most mornings for like eight and stuff. I don't, I, all my classes are in the afternoon. And so that works out perfectly for this. So it works out perfectly for this stuff, kind of stuff, sporting events and what have you. But generally, no, no, I don't, you know, I'm pretty normal. I, so if I had a, Robin has to be to the studio, like what, four 35, uh, I don't know if she has to be there an hour early. She probably is there at five or five. She sometime between five and five thirty. She probably makes her way in there. Okay. So I wake up at six 30 every day, mm-hmm. Monday through Friday, and I'm at work by eight 30. So that means, you know, get up six 30, drive me to school every day, go to work. I don't understand how at 7 PM, which I've never gone to bed at, I would be like sleeping beauty and a prince kiss me if I fucking slept from <laughs> 7 p.m. Are you kidding me? That well, is. Well, if you. If you work shift work, like if you're a factory worker and you do a 12 hour thing and you've got to work over the, you know, from midnight to lunch, uh, obviously your, your sleep schedule is going to be completely fucked. You know, you're doing three days on, three, two days off, that She's kind of thing. She's not a cop. Well, yeah, what I'm saying, she doesn't have, she has uh, regimented hours, but she probably is like him, like the same sleep schedule. Seven o'clock is extreme though. Anybody who needs to sleep from seven, how many hours is that? Seven to what? Three o'clock in the morning? I get like five and a half, six hours. Yeah, I'm saying most most people, I, I'm okay. If I get six, I'm fine. In the winter when it gets colder though, I just do not want to leave the bed sometimes. No, I've got, no it, it, it becomes like a sarcophagus. <laughs> Let's go Buffalo. Tell me about it. It's a, it's a hard task. I love my car has heated seats and a remote starter. I will never in, in the back. And me always is like, I love my tushy. It's like warm. <laughs> it's like, she's like, you never get a car without heated seats. I'm like, I know, I know. I don't like them actually. Uh, oh, I, 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 you don't live I, here. <laughs> well, yeah, when I lived in Canada, there was not uh, like a, it, like heated seats existed, but I hated them because I get boiling hot really quickly. So if oh. if I if I dress for the if I dress for the outdoors, I don't want to go into a car that's fucking piping hot, yeah. thirty degrees with the fuck or whatever it is in, in Fahrenheit with the fucking heat. Like I don't need to cook like a fucking veal cutlet in the car. You're like Rick. Rick's always hot. He always, he always gets out of like anything. Like even if he gets out of the bathroom, he's always like, "Well, it's just like, well, <laughs> we get in the car, and he's always like, it's fucking yeah." <laughs> I can't tell you how many Christmas parties I've been to where I cracked <laughs> open a window and people looking at me like I got three heads, <laughs> and people are walking around in sweaters and turtlenecks, and I'm like, I got a t-shirt on, what the fuck? And then also people are drinking coffee, hot coffee to warm themselves. <laughs> like, where's the ice water? What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I'll never, that never, that made me laugh so hard. Like, I don't want something to remind me how fucking cold it is outside. <laughs> and he gets so angry when it's boiling. <laughs> <laughs> so we got beaches. That's just on my hate list. I love ice, ice anything. Whatever it is, just fucking ice it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, if it's a drink, don't give me, why don't I have a fucking warm martini? <laughs> God damn it. 
in the next, in the next series of the Penguin March or whatever the fuck it's called. What? <laughs> What's that? March of the Penguins. <laughs> so okay. going to be running behind them. <laughs> <laughs> and what did you do to relax yesterday? I went to see. Uh... Oh, you went out. <laughs> All right. Listen, I've had enough of this. I'm taking phone calls. <laughs> it <wasn't> <laughs> <right>. <laughs> oh, it man. You all right, all right. I'm going to take some phone calls. Yeah, I, I, I can't. I went to see Hamlet. Had. I thought it would be nice. There you go. Whoever's alive is in your bookstore right now. You're going to read about everything. You're going to understand everything. Uh, I'm not going to try to explain that either. You wouldn't understand. Right. Cleveland, you're on the air. Hi, I just wanted to let Howard know I was at the book signing on uh, Saturday. Yes. In Cleveland. I don't know that I want to hear any more about the book signing. It's too upsetting. <laughs> I don't know. She might. And nothing happened. Nothing. I didn't say anything happened. Well, no. That's what they're all trying to say is that something happened. No, we don't mean that anything happened at the signing. We mean maybe something else happened in Cleveland oh, that we yeah. don't know about. I just know there was this woman in front of me who was kind of weird that might have set Robin off. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure, I'm sure dealing with our audience would set anybody off, quite frankly. I've done yeah. a few book signings myself. Yeah, but she did um, an interview in Cleveland a couple hours before the signing, and she said there's people from all walks of life that come to her book signing, and it's true. They're all there. Were they there from all walks of life? Oh, yeah. Oh, they were. Mm -hmm. The wild side. She didn't mention having done an interview a couple hours before the signing. No, she didn't mention that. And it's interesting how because of her narcissism, listen to this caller. They're saying the book signing was with all walks of life. Now, if you were somebody who cared about other people and you mm-hmm. cared about your book sales, mm-hmm. wouldn't you try to highlight that factor that this book signing was so successful? I met so many diverse groups of people from yeah, all sure. walks of life and you would have anecdotes attributed to these experiences and interactions. But Robin is such a narcissist that she can't even handle not even the slightest bit of criticism and then she can not only handle that it blocks off every ability of her to see outside of herself and taking the experience it the experience that she had and then i don't know regurgitate it back to the audience to say this was amazing you see you watch a movie right and there's loads of extras in in any proper movie and it literally says gas station attendant played by you know so and so you know waiter played by da 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 in robin's book that's pretty much how every almost every character in there is the same thing it stars robin quivers and then there's a guy i work with there's the psychiatrist there's the you know the teacher that hates me because she hated my cousin and she took it out on me and she you know there's the evil boss there's whatever but they're all like cartoon cutouts or characters of like almost like animation Eve, like villains or something. That's a really, really thoughtful analogy. She is like the star of the movie in her <laughs> like own a, life all the time. She's and like a first really, person shooter. <laughs> and every experience she has, she's not present for because right. it's all about how this experience comes off for her it's about her it's not about the interactions it's not about i mean if you flip this on its head right this caller saying everything went fine Mm -hmm. you would you would hear the people who met her i'm sure if they interviewed a bunch of them and how it went you could get an honest opinion and i'm sure it meant a lot to them because they 
resonated with the show or with yeah. Robin in some sort of way. But she's so narcissistic. You're right. It is like, I'm the star. Here's the rolling captions. I don't care. You're for the right. rest of for the rest of the passengers, go to page six. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to die with these people. They belong Who to are they? They, they should they should drop dead in a place called the La Brea Top. It's <laughs> <laughs> said loft. He's an animal. <laughs> He's a breed. He's a breed. God, I love that fucking audio. Is that, Everyone. I, sometimes I think that when a white woman calls, I think it means a lot of black people. And <laughs> no, <some>. no, no. <laughs> no, the woman in front of me was very you strange. Would? She gave Robin a phoenix. Oh, yeah? A symbol of a phoenix. And she didn't even have a book. She said she left her book at home. <laughs> yeah, that like, always freaks me out, yeah, too. There people who's that doesn't freak you out. He, A phoenix is rising from the ashes. If mm -hmm. anybody's a Harry Potter fan, Dumbledore, his thing is rising from the. That's his pet. That's. I'm such a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Harry Potter wrap up uh, reading hour. <laughs> <laughs> so, like every Harry Potter wizard and witch has a animal. So it's like you know, Hedwig is Harry's and. Oh, like, what, like, a spirit, like a spirit animal, like their power yeah. comes from so this, this whatever. Fox, the Phoenix. Okay. And so, but basically what it's saying is you are somebody who rises from the ashes. So mm -hmm. no matter how tumultuous what, yeah. things are, right. you are somebody who can keep rebranding, keep going, keep right. rising. Keep, you, re, you can, you, keep, you always have a rebirth. It doesn't matter how yes. bad the death you'll always have some yeah. Kind of renaissance. Yeah, exactly. Um, right. the, and the other thing is also, you made a good point. It, it like it, at that time, especially it was when the show wasn't broadcast, it still isn't like now it's serious. I mean, if you get it, you just pay for it and you get it. It's, it's that simple. But at that time, if anybody wanted close access to any of the, um, the, uh, staffers, like, you know, they'd have to see Jackie on tour. Or they'd have to see uh, these book signing things. I stood in the line and said, I don't have a book. Could you sign this? And there's like a million of them right behind the cash register. <laughs> She's like, no, I left my book at home. I'm yeah. like, you're coming to a book signing and you don't bring your book? Well, so, whatever. No, she was very good. She so wouldn't the nice thing to be like the altruistic person if you were Robin, which would probably give you more brownie points, is to say, oh, you didn't come with a book? Here. Get one from behind the counter, pay the expense, be, you know, magnanimous and just give her the book and sign it. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, there's there's the celebrities who do that kind of stuff like um, with their fans. It's actually quite heartwarming because you and especially when you don't hear the awful, nasty stuff in the blinds about them. And all you hear about them is kindnesses like Carla Gugino or Gugino, whatever her name is. She was in Sin City. She uh, puts aside part of her salary whenever she works to help out a soup kitchen, like towards a soup kitchen. And you don't hear about that. You'd have to find out from somebody under the behind the scenes. Right. But especially, okay, like Robin might be a nightmare to work with. But yeah. say you were the type of person that behind the scenes were making moves that were generous and so incredibly kind behind the scenes, then mm -hmm. you could excuse much, much of this, I think. Like you, yeah. you would say, but you know what? She gave this amount of money to this camp and showed up. She has on 
film, like interactions with children or people that show her being a lovely human being, that would buy her a lot of good goodwill. Good, yeah. Yeah. Well, she's not aware. She's not self. She's not aware enough, and she doesn't care enough. I don't think, and that's the main problem. And the other thing is, getting her to do things she doesn't want to do is probably impossible. It is impossible, and there are people, and we've all met them in our lives, who are just not good. They, as much as they want to fake it, they're not mm-hmm. good with interacting with people. No, it's true. She was very gracious, and she smiled the whole way through. Yep. But she was 15 minutes late. Very good. Thank you. You're welcome. I have admitted to everything. It's not that you, you didn't mm. lie about that. You were not accused of lying. <laughs> <laughs> I, I approached that book uh, signing uh, topic uh, gingerly. Oh, uh, Gingerly, Robin. You've approached and don't get ginger around me. Well. Uh, okay. So now the employee who fucks up is suddenly somehow in charge of this conversation. Okay. You did, you were late and you didn't admit to everything. You threw a fit Yeah. when the facts were brought back to your face. You wanted to color the narrative mm-hmm. in the way that you wanted to. You didn't want the hard facts getting out. You wanted to paint a rosy picture of this and make you look sympathetic. That's Instead, correct. the people who had the facts on the ground got them and yep. challenged you slightly and you left. Yep, that's exactly what happened. Oh, I think I better <laughs> today. No, you t- you know what? As a matter of fact, um it does sound kind of weird to say you're tired from a book signing, but I've no, done no, those. No, 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 it's not a tired from a book signing. It's the whole oh, the schedule. whole schedule. I've done those, and uh, I remember being pretty wiped out myself. Yeah, especially is. when I had to run run off to California and do that one, and they get back. It was. Uh, there's a big difference between going to sign ten thousand copies and fifteen thousand copies, and going to sign like like a Robin book signing. I doubt she had a, more than a few hundred, even at the height of that show, because they don't. Most people didn't care. Ask every almost every fan I've asked. Let, have had the chance to ask online, mind you, had never bought her book. Those that did buy her book never read it. They went for she, the one salacious part and they probably put it down because it was so awful to read. Oh, it's a horrible read. It's yeah. so torturous. Torturous. Yep. I think that he says, okay, he went to California. Yeah, that's far. You went to Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, that's Again. the other thing. Yeah. Again, that doesn't make any sense. You're supposed to be if you were a victim and mm-hmm. your book resonated with other abuse victims yes or other people in domestic violence situations or anybody who was a person of color that was trying to make it in their field and looked at your story as an inspiration or maybe who had similar problems at home yeah came to that book signing this is the way you talk about it, that it's draining, that yep. it's tiring. Do you want to know real people who honestly understand in the entertainment industry that their value is because of the people that keep going and keep subscribing to them, the people that keep listening to them, the people that keep buying their books, the people that keep going to their shows, they're not going to say those types of things to their fans the way that Robin's saying them, that it's a bother. Well, she's she's bothered just in general because, I mean, 
everything's a bother. Work is a bother. She's just such a lazy piece of shit, and she's not an A-type person, so things But I'm saying, in general, most fans do not, if they connected with Robin, after a book signing like that and the way she discusses it on the air, they would completely see through her as a bullshit artist because real people and celebrities who care about their fans and are honest about their life like to connect with their audience. You know, it's the plane travel. You know, yeah, you yeah. get off on Friday, then you're facing getting on a plane, going to another city. You're in a strange place. Yeah, it's weird. Buffalo, you're on the air. This isn't exactly the easiest schedule to get through five days a week. Hi, Howard. Here, here, Robin. But I don't want any sympathy from you because <laughs> that would be wrong. It wouldn't be you. No, that ain't me. <laughs> As I discovered this morning. Yeah. Look at me. I can't even keep my eyes open. My eyes are watering. Hey, I have the same problem. You know, you didn't ask what I did this weekend. I, I was sitting poolside All I yesterday. All I is about your weekends, and I, was, I always understand. I was poolside, and, uh, you know, oh. my wife didn't bring out cold drinks. <laughs> See how she said... Okay, so Buffalo callers on the air, but that gets nipped in the butt uh, at the moment because these two narcissists have to pin each other down. So she's saying, I always understand. And he (laughs) says what he says to her about, oh, you should have seen what I had to do. This is like a one-upping I've never even heard. They're both so terrible that... They have to not only one up each other, but this is also meta communication that Bob said that says you better fucking go along with the program because I'm going along with the program. Are you going along with the program? We're both narcissists. Are you are you not going to allow me to be a complete dick and get away with it because I'm being a complete dick and getting away with it? I'll let you do it if I do it. That's what this is doing. Yep. I had to get up and get my own. I'm going to get you. So I was pretty wiped out myself. Yeah, I can imagine that you've had. I've been on a pretty busy schedule myself. Where would you see Hamlet, by the way? I would see Hamlet on Broadway. Is that actually on Broadway? And and people buy tickets to that? Uh, It's been sold out. (laughs) Who's in that? Ralph Fiennes. Rafe. Rafe. Well, they were calling him Ralph last night, so I'm calling him Ralph, too. <laughs> and was he, Kathleen w- Turner said he's Ralph Fiennes. And is she in it as well? No, Kathleen Turner's in indiscretions. Uh, and is it- so well, she said she rested, but what are you doing at a fucking play? Honestly, Broadway play, and you know that's a whole, a whole scene. So you have to have the right outfit. You know if it's on Broadway, especially if it's with celebrities doing movies who are doing Broadway, there's going to be a red carpet you have to dress up. You have to get a car. It's a scene, mm-hmm. right? Look at her turning her hands in the nervousness of this when she's answering. Yep. Unbelievable. Is it good, Hamlet, or is it boring? Hamlet has its moments. But it's boring. I mean, it's, it's a tough play to get right. through. But uh, if he, yeah, I guess he does. By the way, it's like a, oh. if, you do it, if you do it complete, it's like a four-hour play. Hamlet, anybody who studied Shakespeare, is one of the better ones in my opinion yeah and but it's super long like the full production uh, i think it was kenneth Branagh did a movie version of it and he did it uncut there's a mel gibson one he did in 1990 but it's truncated mm-hmm. it's like 90 it's like maybe two hours and something and change and he cut out a lot of it um but the full version the full production of hamlet is a long ass fucking play 
I, I read it like I did the play, like read the plays. And I don't know if I would enjoy watching that play out on screen versus reading it and analyzing it. Like, I don't think I would like watching that. Doing it about as well as anybody could. Can I make a suggestion to you? It's not the book signing you're exhausted from. It's from <laughs> seeing Hamlet. Oh my God! Why would you go see that? It was long. Wow. I didn't realize how long it was going to be either. Did you go yourself you didn't or read did you go date? No, yeah. no, no. I went myself. It was like a spur of the moment. I was, you know, I get when I get very tired, I get very antsy. I can't stop. Mm -hmm. I can't sit around. What a fucking bitch. Who gets tired and goes to a Broadway play, let alone a Broadway Shakespeare play? Honestly, <laughs> which is one of the most depressing plays, too. <laughs> it's it funny, is... but it's a tragedy. I mean, it's really like it's really depressing. The, the every, Everybody dies in it. Oedipus complex. I mean, it's it's murder. Psychologically, poison. it's a, psychologically a mindfuck play. It Unbelievably play. layered. Yeah. Especially and... the character of Ophelia. Oh, please. Yeah. So... <laughs> anyway. So Ophelia, the character of Robin Ophelia. Robin Ophelia, whoever is so perfect. Oh I didn't even, that didn't even occur to me. I, neither did it me until you said that. I can't believe you said that. That's so true. Okay. Robin Ophelia quivers. Fuck, yeah. Fillmore. Yeah. Now I should start playing bits from that series I just mentioned you. Yeah. You know, and all just of a sudden, Mel I was like, what am I going to do with shouting. myself? Yeah. Today, I want to do something, even though I should be just sitting around doing nothing. What was this, a matinee? Yes. So I went to uh, see Hamlet. I see. That's a bad choice. Wait. I wouldn't go to be awake or not to be awake. That's the question. <laughs> Fillmore, when you're tired. <laughs> I like to watch rich man, poor man. <laughs> do you like want to go see the wife of Bath or, you know. You want to see a raisin in the sun? You're in the mood. I like to Broadway. put in. I like to pop in the VHS copy of North and South and watch it from start to finish. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, that kind of makes me feel good that Hamlet. Can I, I can't sleep. Maybe I should watch I Claudia. It's all thirteen episodes. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> With the PPS like pitch drive in the middle of each episode. Do you feel like watching money. the Ten Commandments? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sound of music. <laughs> Both of like <laughs> actually sell tickets. I mean it makes it makes you seem like there's some intelligent people around. You know what I mean? Like I could never sit through that. Well, it's a limited run that's been sold out the entire time. So. Right. I think there's what, twenty two performances left or something? All right. We're gonna take a break now. Everybody relax. Fillmore. I'm calling it into all books on Good. Are you tired? Do you wanna watch Spartacus? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Barry Lyndon would be a good choice. Right about now. Bring me up. You don't run my life. No, I'm running it. <laughs> yes, I do. Get up, All right. You don't run El Paso my is off your list. Somebody said to me in the line in Cleveland, I don't believe the lie detector test. And oh, I, I don't said, either Why for a minute. Not? Yeah. And they said, because I don't believe that you were never in love with us. Oh, I don't believe it for a minute either. <laughs> Fillmore, do you want to go watch me, Joe Black? Oh, God, all these long-ass fucking films. Jeez, there's a million of them. Reds. <laughs> I just remember those old days of fucking videos. There are two videos. You had to fucking pop in the next one. Alexander, the director's cut. <laughs> I keep getting a bonus. If you... 
two tubs of popcorn to get you through. <laughs> Your heart stops in the intermission. You have to have the the, the extra buy buy from the grocery store the extra butter. <laughs> at the intermission at the movie theater, they now put a stint in your heart. <laughs> They're giving you Narcan just to get awake for the fucking next half. <laughs> Defibrillators, Andy. <laughs> okay, we'll leave it at that because I don't think there's much more to this. And uh, as far as I know, there's only like a bit of a, a little bit more, and that's not that's completely unnecessary. So we'll leave it right there. Um, and anyway, a lot guys, of this we, was completely unnecessary. Well, yeah, <laughs> going to Cleveland was unnecessary, guys. We thank you so much for listening to this. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed it. <laughs> we, we we hope you're staying warm and staying happy wherever you are. <laughs> yeah and you know in your spare time if you're tired watch joe black meet joe black it'll be good for you <laughs> take care guys we love you you'll recognize katie this. lang you'll recognize this canadian go ahead and sing a little dreaming <laughs> i must be dreaming oh, you know who that is is that Anne Murray? <laughs> when Anne Murray, i right. look into your eyes Oh, you have vibrato and everything. It's very, very talented. It's amazing. <laughs> well, I am happy. Heartbreak. Oh, <laughs> my <you>. God. <laughs> it must be heartbreak for you and I. Oh, I can't even see your face. That's, That's when I, I get He's very serious. 